First of All podcast is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving. As your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community, First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage. From setting up a personal checking account, to refinancing household debt, to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time for the support you need. Because First Republic believes what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to... Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Hope you're staying safe and healthy. You guys, we made it to the end of 2020. How did we get here? I don't know. Or maybe you're listening to this in the top of 2021 or well into it. I don't know. But we're... We're celebrating, breathing a sigh of relief, uh, flipping a table. I don't know. So many different things to to honor this moment and milestone because what a year, y'all. Like, for so many reasons, what a year. And uh, that's what this episode's all about. So I won't waste any time introducing my amazing friend and guest, Mr. Sean Mira, who is the producer of Tuesday Night Project. Uh, an amazing creative human being and just a great person friend uh, in general. And I'm so glad that he stopped by. If you guys ever listen to the collaboration podcast, Collabcast, he was a frequent guest there, but this is actually his debut guest episode on First of All, and I'm very excited about that. Um, and of course, we're not going to be able to cover all of the ground because there's so much to to unpack and dissect and analyze and share. So this is just a free flow conversation for our take with one another on the 2020 uh, post-mortem, if you will. It's a 2020 debrief. So I hope that you enjoy it. I hope we can keep you company and close out the year or start the year with uh, some clarity, some honest conversation, and as much intentionality as possible because I think that's what it's really about. We're not trying to make things that were great, um, horrible. We're not trying to make anything horrible great. We're just trying to learn from all of it and do the best that we can. So yeah, uh, saddle up, get ready. It's a long one, but uh, thank you so much to Sean for sharing this you know, time with me and reflecting on all of this stuff because man, it, it's been a lot for everybody out there. But in any case, I hope you enjoy this 2020 debrief with Sean Mira. Enjoy! Yeah. Came in 88 with a dream also oh bright eyed. They knew right away, sink or swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Nobody's How are you living, Sean Mira? I'm living. Are you? Uh, I'm alive. I'm alive. And that's, uh, you know, in, in many ways, that is the most that we can ask of ourselves right now. I was going to say, what qualifies as living now? Is it simply a pulse? Because, sure, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh, it's a bleed time, but I, I I think uh I'm I'm leaving this year with 
capacity to be grateful for stuff and that's that's kind of something that i'm i'm happy about and i feel very privileged good I'm, I'm really happy to hear that yeah. that's and that's just a sean way to start this off this also i need to i'm still like riding this high of realizing that this is the first time that you're on my first of all podcast because i was like i've podcasted with sean before this is not the first but yeah, it's the first the, for this one yeah i, I so i've done I've, I've been on collabcast multiple times i think the last time was when we recorded with david Choi. okay and then the recording like didn't oh my god something like that so um, <laughs> i remember that. But but it was fine. I think like Moana had just come out, and that was all we were talking about, or something like that. So it was kind of. Just, I believe you know, we sang that in the intro as it well. Was, it was a whole thing. It was a yeah, whole. Thing. It was beautiful. It was thing. That is see. So let's just start with that. That my memory <laughs> is non-existent. Um, yeah. This, I mean, the whole purpose of this this conversation is I just want to talk with you, but it's really we're at the very 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 end of 2020 which will go down in infamy two two days two days left two days left and it's probably going to go up the last day so we're just like you know settling and coming to terms with all that was this year so yeah we're just if anybody i mean i said this in the intro we're good but just to reiterate we're, we're debriefing i'm calling this like a 2020 debrief a good a good debrief um yeah and thank thank you for having me this is actually the I've I've said no to pretty much every like podcast or video or or writing ask that I've had um this year. Really? Yeah, just cuz I, I I didn't it was it was like either I, it didn't feel like I was the right person to talk mm-hmm. about the subject or mm-hmm. I just wasn't really feeling like I I wanted to be putting anything that I was saying at the time on tape because my my brain was all over the place but um, I'm I'm happy to be here just to to look back because I think that that's that's an important thing for everyone to be doing right now well I'm just so beyond honored now and this is so meaningful that it's the first time you're on first of all and also that it's a rarity because I, I and I 100,000% support that. I think I did ask you earlier this year and you did say no. And I really admired and respected you for that. I think that that made like an imprint on my heart of like, I need to be more like Sean. <laughs> I, I mean, I, no. I, yeah, I mean, it's, I think you're asking me to talk about the, um, the uprisings after the murder of George Floyd and, and mm-hmm. Taylor and, um, and the uh the this the central park um incident and i i think that for 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 many from for for many of us who were amplifying that was an interesting moment because th- that sort of like amplifying and supporting movement work has been is just kind of part of what we do mm-hmm. um and then in that moment suddenly i found myself being pegged as like a like a weird spokesperson for a uh-huh. movement that I wasn't, I wasn't a leader in, nor was I an expert in, nor, nor um, should, should I really be the person to go to? And I think that, I think for many of us, we were just trying to figure out who, who, who could have the conversation. And I, I got asked quite a few times actually uh, in the weeks following that to I'm do not surprised. podcasts or, or um, write a thing or do a photo shoot or, et cetera, et cetera, simply off the fact that I was reposting things on, on Instagram stories. And, uh, 
I, I think what I what what I've taken away from that is just this reminder that, you know, we we need to be more clear on who within our community is doing this work and, and who we're listening to and who we're uplifting and um and so and so in that moment, which it, it's some this is something that I've always tried to practice. Um I thought it was really important just to lay past the mic, which I, I did a few times and, and referred people to other folks, but um yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that that was, that was a good thing. I'm, I'm always a little, a little bit unsure when I say no to stuff, but um, yeah. I'm trying to, trying to do more of that. I commend you, but I want to also say to your credit, not but, and I want to say to your credit, I think the fact that people sought your opinions and your thoughts on it is not misplaced, and I know this is that uh, you're, you're a very like. Uh, Reluctant hero. I th- I would I would <laughs> if I made the archetype for Sean Mira. Oh, it is that you are there is there's something about the way that your mind works and your eloquence and your you know your heart like all the the many things that like factor into a person's ability to communicate something because communication is not all just like words. It's like how you say it and when you say it and you know timeliness and the tone and all that stuff. I think even when it comes to your IG stories, man, like I would look to it as a resource because it's just through your lens and it's through your curation, if you will, and the stuff you've done with Tuesday Night and like what you've done in a very creative leadership capacity in the Asian American community. It's not surprising at all. I mean, I, yeah, like you're one of my number one people. It's like, I need to talk to Sean. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. I would love Sean to like illuminate and just not even like tell me what to do, but just like share his insights and be have some sen- sense of like making heads or tails of connecting dots and blah, blah, blah. So that's all. Thank you. Thank you. But you're yeah. wonderful. And I will be your hype woman any day, all day. I appreciate that. <laughs> that was definitely a really crazy moment. And I'm curious, like, how about we even start even a little, for, like rewind a little bit further back because that was like in the middle or like towards the middle of the year and we had already been in a moment before that. Can I, can I ask you just like Ezra reef debrief of 2020, like, let's go to like the pre-production. Like, how are you feeling at Ooh. the end of, where were you at this, the end of the year last year, one year ago now, prior yeah. to 2020 hitting off, like, where it's, were you? It's what so was funny. What, it's so funny. Cause like, I, <laughs> when you said that that was mid year, I had to kind of do the math. Um, <laughs> 20 December 2019 I I think um so it's funny like I I think at the end of 2019 um did we know about coronavirus yet I feel like that I I I know that I was thinking about it as early as mid January I th- I think there were whispers of people getting sick. Yeah, so I I think by like I I ended 2019 and I remember thinking that in 2020 um so for for people who are listening and may not know I produced this um Asian American art series called Tuesday Night Cafe it's completely free completely open to the public. We celebrated our 20th year um yes. last year and um and so I, I, I kind of coming into this year, basically what we do is we have a season that runs from April through October. 
and uh, we I produce I, we curate about like five artists in. We have shows twice a month. It's completely free, completely open to the public. And awesome. Um, it thank you, thank you. Uh, and um, and going into this year, I was really excited because I was going to. At th- this would have been my eleventh year on staff. My fifth mm. year, my my sixth year as producer. So, having done a decade. I was thinking about all the ways that I wanted to use 2020 as an as an opportunity to bring in new artists, to invite people to shows who typically will not show up, but who I wanted to connect with. And so I, I had a lot of hope for the year ahead. Um, I was excited. I was generally excited. I think for for 2020 and what it was going to bring. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving leaving it. Where where were you? I was a train wreck because. <laughs> December, the top of December was insane because we had our collaboration star show and that was like a really, that was a dope night, um, really cold in LA. And that was oh, like yeah. a Ruby Ibarra, Sean yeah, Evaristo yeah. moment that mm-hmm. like melted my brain and honestly was such a high note. And then um, shortly thereafter, Kenji and I broke up. Mm-hmm. So that was great. <laughs> and it was just a lot of uh, things culminating of like general anxiety of where I was going in life and learning how to let things go and then making a really important decision. I still think it was the right thing at that time to to call it at that moment and then figure out next steps. And yeah. I think it was really my call for myself to like put myself first, which not good at (laughs) um it was it was rough so yeah this time last year i was it was bad it was real Mm -hmm. bad Mm -hmm. and i was in a i was with family and you know family can be equally healing equally salt on wounds right and yeah and my whole family you know we've gone through a lot of different things over the years and my parents are getting older so we're just trying to figure out like what's next and i was really like anxiety ridden of like what's next for me and but in terms of like certain aspects i was working i was doing voice work um that was going great collaboration i was you know still on the board it's like you and i had we're like very close in our milestones like this year was our 20th yeah so yeah at the end of last year top of awesome uh, celebration thank you but i was definitely like oh we gotta go big we gotta go hard and that was kind of like at the darkness of my personal life, like feeling mm, so lost, mm-hmm. it was something I was really looking forward to because I was like, we got to really celebrate these two decades of like blood, sweat and tears and helping my all my friends that I've met through and we can all get together again. We're going to have a giant party in L.A. Like I was really looking forward to that as like something to genuinely right. keep me going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean we for us we we had this big vision for 20th and it it just didn't it just didn't happen. Um so I I've, I've been looking forward to a uh, 25th which we're yeah. going to do big in 5 years. <laughs> we got the 25th, Sean. I believe me. Yeah. I will support you 100% whatever is happening. <laughs> we'll make our 25th kick ass. It will be good. Also sidebar, if I end up cursing a lot, I'm just disclaimer cuz I've been like petering it out, just trying not to be such an angry person. But I'm a lot of feelings right now. And it's been interesting. I've been listening to a lot of Brene Brown and stuff. And it's like very refreshing. People are just a lot more like, you know, whatever. Yeah, everyone's a lot more whatever. 
I yeah. think where there's a lot of whatever happening right now. <laughs> so I'm just putting that up. But yeah, I was I was pretty fucked up. But um top of January, I mean, we, we kicked off twenty twenty and so you had all these like plans ahead because then when how did it then trickle in because like at least in the states the covid stuff was like like you said you said mid-january you started thinking about it yeah because i well so we start planning pretty much first week of january like Mm -hmm. that's when like i'm 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 already thinking about it in december but got it january is kind of when we start you know we have our meetings and then we i I start to make asks and uh, we start to plan out the year ahead and and look look at what we're going to do and um, I remember by mid, I think it was mid-January, I I kind of had a feeling that mm. this was going to be a thing. Um, and uh, we, we don't start our season until April, but I I sort of had this feeling of, I, I think based on what I'm reading, based on what I know, based on talking to people I know who are in the medical field, mm-hmm. um, this sounds like it's going to be bigger than just like a, like a blip. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was bracing myself. Um, I, I, we, we didn't make the call, but I was bracing myself. So I, I still kept moving ahead. We still, I, I reached out to artists. I had artists like booked, um, and then I think we got to mid February and by that point, I think it was just pretty clear that things were not going to go away. This was not going to be, um, th- this was going to be a bigger thing than yeah. people were making it out to be. So I, I think that we made the call or I, I made like the call with the artists and, and with the staff late February. Um, and then we got to March and everything just shut down. So, yeah. and, and I, I, by the time that we made the call, it was also just this question of, well, if it's, if it's a health concern, um, how could we responsibly do this? Like a, a, a pandemic or, or like a large scale, like health event doesn't just happen and then go away. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not like you're going to have like two, two months of like people being sick and then suddenly everybody's fine. Right. So, um, around that time, I think that I was, I was like, we're, if we do anything, it would be September and then, uh, and then it didn't happen because it was, it was, it was, it was, it was not what a, it was. It was what it was. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think like, um, when we got to around April and it was time for us to launch, um, and we, we had made the call, I think like concretely, concretely end of, end of February, early March, um, it was it was hard. It was hard um, to know that this was a moment when people needed to gather the most, mm-hmm. um, and that we couldn't serve our mission in that way. Yeah, um, to provide that space, um, there there was an impulse that I had to do an online show. I, I had this big idea that would involve like like a live stream thing, and we would take advantage of the the format and have people calling in and all these sorts of things. And, and um, mm-hmm. the more that I thought through it, I just got to this place of why, why are we trying to force something mm. when we as staff are tired? Yeah. We as staff are like emotionally drained because of what's happening here. We have our own families. We have um, work situations that are getting affected. Um, 
And also there are so many live streams happening. I remember there was that one week when it was like everybody was doing an Instagram live. Like there was like, <laughs> like just every five seconds somebody was going live. Of um, course. Like I, I, I think like by the time it got to April, it was just like I, I think that we need to just like take the season off and just do that and be okay with that and know that we don't have to prove ourselves as an organization. Like we're, mm-hmm. we don't need to just like do something just to do something. Right. Um, but we can really think about what our mission is. And our mission is, has always been about intention and intentionality and um, doing like a zoom, a zoom stream is not going to hit on what TNC is about. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we're not, we don't consider ourselves a showcase. Like it's not meant to just be come watch artists. It's meant to be a place where you gather and meet people and build so that um so yeah we we just we made the call and then tnc didn't didn't happen this year and i in retrospect i think we made the right choice i think Mm -hmm. that i am a lot more grounded than i would have been if i had been as anxious as i am every year Mm -hmm. um planning for the season like 14 shows a year um on top of my day job on top of a pandemic um, and being a regular human with your own relationships, and yeah, like, <laughs> family, like a friends. weird, like weird, weird concept. But yeah, being being a regular human too. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was kind of I think what that first quarter of the year looked like for me was just what what is this year going to look like? Um, given that so much of my my bandwidth is put towards bringing people together in a real space. It's it's so interesting and telling about you, Sean, that like when I ask, it's kind of like how I just pay attention to how people answer questions and how I myself answer questions when someone asks, how are you doing? Right. From the most innocuous question to like, what's your purpose in life? Um, And when you like frame when we frame our years, it's a little bit it's funny how I would frame my year is a little bit different than how you do because you're still really deep in the Tuesday night world and you're literally reflecting on your year from your leadership standpoint, right? Um and like that was a, a centerpiece of what your plans were, what your role was, what your identity was, what your plans and, you know, goals and achievements were all kind of hopes based and, around, right? And, and I was so really involved with collab and we were very active. We were like actually polar opposite of you. We still committed and like we had to cancel our in-person empower conference, which is like, you know, inside my heart and my soul is like my baby. Cause we started that like under my, whatever, under my tenure in 2015, I was like, I can't fail this. I can't, I can't disappoint everybody. Right. Let's pivot to freaking. But I also felt so panicked and, weirdly calm like a calm panic of like we have to make the right call and this was set to be in person in march and that's literally when yeah everything was about to shut down so we had to make the similar calls of like okay we can't we have to cancel all of the in-person stuff but then we we powered through and i love how reflective you are and aware that like that was the best thing for you to not do it so that you could stay grounded and stay in some level of sanity for these for this year to sustain everything else for me it's like no we got to make it happen and we did and it was awesome but i i i i don't know i don't regret it because it was a great online event regardless but i'm also like what was the cost of that you know could i have afforded to just like say no that's something to think about right and I, i think like obviously i'm coming at it from a very different um organization and a very different um accountability 
mm-hmm. like Tuesday Cafe, Project is not a nonprofit. We mm-hmm. don't have paid staff. Um, we're not writing grants. We're not beholden to sponsors. We're not even approaching sponsors. So there, there's actually kind of a luxury in being really small. Mm-hmm. And and it, it means that we're not as well known, and we're not as um, we're we're not necessarily as uh, as um. I, I think that it's a little bit harder for some people to understand what we do, um, but that does mean that we are able to say that yeah, we're going to pause for yeah. a year, and and that doesn't mean that anybody's job is going to get affected that doesn't mean that anybody that we're we're going to lose out on a relationship that is key to our survival or our function um mm-hmm. so I, I i do think that for like this is an assumption but like i i suspect that for collaboration being able to prove that you're able to to continue with empower is immensely helpful in the long run because mm-hmm. you're able to show to sponsors show to a board show to your staff um that it's it's in your toolbox right um, and it's something that you can do as like an organization that is very very much um like a, a professional unit um in a way that for us we're we're a grassroots collective essentially it's funny because i think that our branding when i think it is like somewhere in the in-between like we're grassroots and we're you know we are an official nonprofit, but in between this like multi-million dollar organization that has a full-fledged staff like we're still like vast majority volunteer run and all of that has like every actually the last episode i put out was me talking about closing chapters as like passing the torch because we now have a new executive director of collaboration at the top of the year, we didn't. And we are still like pursuing hiring somebody in the middle of this pandemic. And like, cause that was like our goal that by the 20th anniversary event, whenever that was going to be most likely the end of the year, that we would have found somebody to be my successor. And I had stepped down in 2018. Right. So like everything that I think I've been living for quite a long time since 2018 has been this really big gray area of like, of this limbo of this mm. in between are we a big major nonprofit or to a lot of people outside who don't know the inner workings and don't care about that and that's totally fine they look at us as like you guys are like a 20-year movement and nonprofit, right to right. other people like we're like the volunteers we're like no we're grassroots because we freaking put our blood sweat and tears and don't get seed dollars on the other side of this we just want to do this for the community that yeah. on the inside can be like that's the way we look at it um inside looking out and it's just very interesting how like those universes cross and like the place that I've been in in this limbo trying to figure out what's what and then have to do that in the middle of coronavirus was like really interesting um, because I right. really desperately wanted to keep it afloat and I felt like it was my responsibility. Like Marvin helped so freaking much. We always do shout outs to Marvin. Um, but we honestly didn't have someone to replace the executive director role. So I was like, who the hell runs the ship, right? And if I'm not going to let it sink, right? right. And maybe that's kind of like the theme of this year was like, how do we stay afloat, right? I think that's kind of like the big thing that we're all challenged with. Like, how do we keep the ship afloat and not sink, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, and I mean, I, th- I think that, that what, what you're speaking to, though, is... Um in many ways, what, what are the, the limits of your organization? Like what is the, the small nimble version of collaboration versus what is the shrine auditorium 
Bo was going to come perform in 2009. Yeah, Cameron and You know what I mean? Like there, there are there are different ways that it can exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's that's a that's always a big question for a lot of our organizations and a lot of the work that we do is how how big do we want to make it? I mean, I'm I'm thinking a lot these days about what on on a macro scale what Asian America is prioritizing and what for us is important. Um, what for us like who are we putting our faith in? Who are we like putting our money into? And who who are we giving our attention? And um, I I do think that there is room for all of it. Mm-hmm. I. I but I, I do think that it does it does get a little gray because yeah. we do end up with these situations where these very, very well-funded institutions, pretending that they're grassroots. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Like there is this, I, I think that there is like a, a weird um, kind of uh, um, impulse to think of Asian Americans showing up at a, like for a Hollywood film mm-hmm. as grassroots organizing. Mm-hmm. Which it is organizing, mm-hmm. and it is somewhat grassroots, but it is all in favor of upping a corporation's money mm-hmm. um, and and income. So th- I, I think that it gets a little bit gray sometimes in the ways that we prioritize what we want to put our energy towards as a community. So as organizations, I do think that there is room for us to be asking ourselves those questions. Um, I love that know, you do you know, how, how we want to approach them. I love that you do, Sean. I freaking love so much. That's why I love being around you. And, you know, there are several of our friends that are not afraid to ask those questions because to me, I mean, I can easily go into the parallel of like, that's all of us as human beings, right? As individuals, like where do we put our dollars, our eyeballs, our time, our energy, like priorities and values and like, (laughs) what are our brands? Like, who do we fuck with, you know? And, um, and on our side, it's like we have that as individuals. And I, it's great to, I love being able to reflect on you because that's stuff that I think about a lot myself. Um, I think a lot of our peers do. But I, when I talk about it with certain friends, like they don't think about it as often as we might because we have to kind of position ourselves or like really identify in, in terms of a leadership standpoint of being clear about what that is and how that impacts all the people that you're asking to give their time and energy and effort to, right? Like, yeah. And, and I also, I also think that it's okay for us to ask for everything at mm-hmm. once. Right. And I, I, I think that so many of us are taught to think in a scarcity mindset mm. where it can only be, we're fighting for representation or we're fighting to, um, dismantle the oppressive u.s state like it's it's like i I think for many people there's sort of this like either or um and in many ways it is an either or because i don't know whether those two things are actually compatible with each other but um i i I think like we as a community and as well and and i i use the word community there very generously like i i think that we as um people identify with each other and and want to show up for each other we need to be a little bit more clear on what we believe and why we believe that and Mm -hmm. what that means for our work. Yeah. And we need to be okay with people doing work that we're not doing. We need to be okay with um, something's not always aligning. Yeah. And just, we need to be open to having honest conversations about that. Um, Because it, it, it is this thing where like before this year, like I don't, there, there are a lot of people who have suddenly started to, 
start talking about race and politics yeah. in the past year who I have never seen touch that subject mm. um, and are suddenly becoming like, quote unquote, the experts. Right. Um, when I'm kind of like, your lane is talking, has, has been talking about like getting butts and seats for movies. Your lane has been talking about like Hollywood representation. Your lane has been more along the lines of how do we get Crazy Rich Asians made. Um, and that's not to say that you shouldn't be speaking on these things. You shouldn't be talking about these things. But let's let's be honest sort of about like what your lens is and what your angles are and why you're trying to do that work. I completely agree. I, I get very tempted because like, you know, I've been in a lot of different conversations through my role and my affiliations and all that stuff. Right. And I think <laughs> it's just, and this is through my lens of who I am and where right. I was raised and what I've experienced. <clears throat> so I, I know that it's limit, there are limitations to it, but I feel like pretty lucky. I feel like there's been a privilege of mine to like be exposed to so many different kinds of conversations. And in that, learning <laughs> how to like eat my own words a like i'm like oh wow i've been really ignorant about a lot like pretty like i have very limited understanding of x y or z like how the industry works right sure. Th that alone yeah. is like very it, it puts me in my place i think in a good way because i think right. it's important to be able to be like i don't know shit about that like i really don't know so right that can temper like the authority to which i feel like i can speak on something Right. But it's also taught me like through the breadth of like and the the I guess the hours of conversation and like the honesty at which certain people speak, because it depends on what place you're at. Are you in like a intimate setting or are you in like a, a gala? Right. Like right, right, right. two totally different scenarios of people sharing their thoughts and opinions. Like to kind of get gather all that info, sit on it, think on it, talk about it with people that I respect and also really like place myself within that and be like i can still have an opinion and just understand contextually like i'm not the authority but i can, i have a place to have an opinion i think those that like range of opinions is really important i personally just get annoyed of people who assert themselves as the authority when they i know for a fact that they have very 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 limited understanding of like other spaces or other conversations they know their little bubble and they 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 speak on it as if that's all of it. That gets me very annoyed. Do you yeah, know what I mean? and I, yeah, and I think it's hard because Asian America, like, it's such a siloed. All these conversations are happening in silos. Yeah, like what if if you like take a quarter of the conversations that happen in like in Asian American Studies conference or an Asian American Studies panel, mm -hmm. like that could fill out three or four years worth of entertainment industry conversation. Like there, right. there, there is so much that's already been well trod over in a lot of other, um, a lot of other Asian American spaces that just doesn't leak out and right, likewise exactly. vice versa. So it, it, it is this thing where you do have people who I think um, just don't know that there's an entire world of um, folks who have been having these, who have been doing this work forever, um, right. which is how you end up with like, um, like people talking about Asian American music and wanting to, and like asserting that there's a need for us to do work around that. And then you have like tractivists over here, like, Hey, I've been doing this work for years now, you know, like there, right. there's, and, and like Richie's a great example of somebody who is very, very good at reaching back at scholarship that has happened over the years and using that to inform his work. Um, 
so yeah, I think it's, and so I think that that's where to, to bring it back to 2020, I think that that's where it was interesting seeing, um, around the time of like the, 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 this sort of second wave of, of Black Lives Matter uprising, um, who who was having who was in those conversations in Asian America and who was leading those conversations and who was being listened to and why, mm-hmm. um, and and how I think there were a lot of failures there and I think that there were a lot of mistakes and a lot of missteps and I hope that people have debriefed and are are learning from from that time and and recognizing that there are voices that were not part of those conversations in a really big way. Um, that really should have been leading the conversations and really should have been um, given places of, of, of authority. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, th- I think that coming out of this year in terms of like how we're talking about race and how we're talking about representation and, and quote unquote solidarity, like I, I do think that there is a need for us as um, with, within like this Asian American art space to, to be having like more of a conversation around who, who is not at the table or who um who who should be given their own table you know um, i agree yeah well i the thing is like okay i'm just I, there's our friend kevin fong like was talking we were talking about calling out versus calling in which was a new york times article from an amazing i sh- i should have her name i apologize but it was this uh kind of Having this whole call out culture and cancel culture, I think, came under the microscope of like how we operate and how we, you know, attack versus resolve, you know, Mm -hmm. and what are the intentions behind said action? I do think uh, I can speak on the Asian American community that I've been around. There's there there can be really like a bunch of caller outers and not as many caller inners (laughs) and we need the calling out and the calling in because when either of those don't happen, we're just kind of still moving forward in ignorance. Right. And like, I, I, we could have a, you and I have like a offline debrief of like who you think would have been at the table in these conversations, who wasn't those. I think those are conversations that are necessary to be had. I'm watching way too much of the crown right now, just by the way. And <laughs> you, you just watch the inefficiencies of communication. Right. And you're like, at that point, we're talking prime minister. We're talking about the queen of England. We're talking yeah. about like lives and an entire empire and entire population, even just in just England, right? Mm-hmm. Populations of people and human lives on the line. If somebody makes the wrong call, right? If you make a mistake and you're too scared to speak out to somebody or make your honest truth known or what have you, right? There is a consequence to that. Either if that conversation does or does not happen. And the way that that conversation does or does not happen. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of work in the Asian American community that's been done on our own representation and on race. I do think that there have been limitations to that. Like, i.e. a lot of people that I think are less capable or less that that could use some work in that area or like, again, not in a bad way, but like just if they're going to be called upon as some like bring other people to the table with them. Right? right or or read more books <laughs> or, right you know like there's other things we can do and those things need to be identified it's not even calling out it's like identify that identify it so that we can do it and then move forward on it in a way that can help as many people because that's the intention is to we want to resolve this and we don't want this to be a problem anymore we don't want more people to die and hate each other walk around distrusting one another and feeling like we live in like a completely bigoted 
horrendous, you know, just yeah, toxic place, right? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I, I, I think like um, to 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 what you were saying earlier, I I would I would I I do think it's important to like the 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 concept of calling in, um, is is something that has for years kind of been a topic of conversation. Like, what does it mean for us to practice um like basically transformative justice so it's the, the idea of not of moving away from um a punitive sort of response like where you ostracize people um from like a community and it's more about like how do we have a conversation about the root issues mm. and try to help people come into a better place of being and existing um and so you Transformative justice is a model that um, a lot of progressive spaces have employed um, as a way to kind of like get around like the 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 more punitive sort of way in, um, and so I, I think like that calling in and sort of calling in with care is is sort of is something that is practiced by many folks who are in like more. I don't even know the word that you would use now, but like, like more like lefty kind of circles mm-hmm. and more circles that are sort of about like community accountability and mutual aid um, for in the context of cancel, cancel culture. Like I, I, I do, I do caution um, like when using a term like cancel culture, it's, I think it's really important to be specific and clear mm-hmm. because I think that that means a million different things to a million different people and True. not everyone like every like nine times out of ten, it's typically um, accountability, and it's typically saying like, "Hey, you've done something that has like potential harm for a larger mm-hmm. community. Let's have a conversation." And then when the person does not take that criticism as like a note, and instead takes it as an attack, um, mm-hmm. or flips it around and plays himself as victim. In many ways, all that does is uphold some power structures that exist. So True. it's it is like a hard thing. Um, I I I I'm not gonna pretend that I'm like the the expert on cancel culture. I'm actually reading a book right now um, called uh, I believe it's called We Will Not Cancel Ourselves. Mm. Um, we will not cancel us. Sorry, um, by uh, um, Adrian Marie Brown, and uh, it's it's really. It is more around transformative justice, but it is also just sort of about the the questions that come up in that process. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think it's important for us to be at a point where we can question choices being made, and that like somebody being like having like a a, a harm that they've caused brought up being framed as council culture. I I don't think that's helpful at all. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, it, it it's 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 rockier, I think, than many of us want to own up to um but like yeah that that's where i would just say like if we are going to talk about council culture like we need to we need a caution we need we need to be clear and we need to be specific and i think that in in some situation in some situations like it's it's not about canceling people but it is about saying to them like hey you're taking up space in a way and you're claiming authority in a way that has implications beyond you um, for sure, and it does change the way that we can have some conversations moving forward. So let's just let's just talk through that. I think a really great example to your second point, though, of people, I think, being clear on what they can offer. Mm-hmm. I was watching a panel that was put on, I believe, by Define American, and um, John Chu was on it, 
and he it was it was meant to be about Asian American and and Black solidarity, and it was an incredible panel of people. Um, but John Chu, when he was called on, basically the first thing out of his mouth was him saying that he's not this is not an area of expertise for him, and that he doesn't consider he he hasn't considered himself an activist until very recently, and he's still learning. And I think that more of that energy is really important, like more yeah. of that humility and understanding that we're all learning things. And I think for Asian Americans, like many of many of our most visible people are not necessarily people who have learned how to talk about being Asian American. Like they they got thrust into the limelight and had to figure it out very quickly. So um, I, I think that just over the next couple of years is going to be more and more important for folks to be humble and to learn and to come into conversations with with all of that for sure i i appreciate that and i i think a lot of those those bigger themes of like what we as a society and what we as like discrete communities are kind of having to wrangle with on like a bigger like meta level of like who are we to say these things i think it very much translates it's kind of like the way I would embody 2020 is that that process and that experience has been experienced through society and then down to the individual. You know what I mean? Like top to yep. bottom, bottom to top. Yep. And I would say that that's been like the way that I kind of make 2020 a metaphor. It's like we are on fire and it's like burning out, burning out. What What is it? Is it gold? Like you burn out the crap. We mm. have to, and it's terrible. Mm. And when you think of things being burned away, that's might be like, you know, visually beautiful, but it's, it's terrible. If you're experiencing it, it's going to be excruciating. I imagine anything burning away is going to be awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people personify 2020 as just like, you know, the dumpster fire and the worst year ever. But in light of that too, me being like an optimist and also like finding deeper meaning in a lot of things, I think it's been the, one of the most valuable years of of growth and reflection and just as a byproduct of being isolated. And that way, it still was hard. I'm not taking any, anything away from that, but I I can appreciate that. And I do have genuine gratitude for the fact that it was, it was uh, to me, my takeaway is it helped me become a better person, I think. Even though I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily in a great place, like you, you know, because we've been talking offline and I've been having yeah. like, a roller coaster of emotions, still having multiple like inner turmoil and meltdowns to this day. But I understand for me on a deeper level that this is just part of the process of life and becoming a better human, I think. And I don't know what you feel about that. Cause yeah, you were telling I, you taking I, space and taking time for you. Right. And I, I think it's important to, I, I think this is the part where we need to say like, you know, I think we we tend to talk about this past year as having been a universal experience when really everybody had a different 2020. Yeah. Like like any year, like any time, like we all came into this year, we all came into that pandemic with different resources available to us with different safety nets. We all came into 2020 in different in our own job situations, um in our own emotional spaces and our own relationships. And so I I think that everybody's experienced it in very very different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I think that that's like an important thing just to to say uh, because I I I think that like I've like for me I I have like a relatively I I feel I I think that like um somebody's 
somebody I know put it best when they said they know what their privileges are mm, now. So um, true. Mm. When I think looking back on this year, I am way more aware of how many layers of protection I've been afforded over my life. Yeah. Um, and how many of those layers um, are like I, I've I've earned, and how many of them like I haven't earned, and that I've 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 had just because of where I live and and the people around me and the family I'm from. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think for myself, I, it, there's been a lot of reflection on that, and a lot of reflection on what that means for how I redistribute some of those resources and how I I move them around. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what, so yeah, so I just want to I want to say that because I, at the same time, like I I was looking at other people's Instagrams and other people's postings, and they were like launching brands, and somebody I know opened a restaurant, and there there was just so many people still doing incredible work. Mm-hmm. And I think at my most unhealthy moment, I really felt like I was doing nothing, oh. and I really felt like I hadn't. Um, like I wasn't taking, quote unquote, taking advantage of the moment, yeah. which is in ret- which like I very quickly had to pivot and go, wait, that's gross. Like this is a pandemic; <laughs> people are literally yeah. dying. Like this is this is a moment for us, I think, to recognize um the fragility of our own lives and the fragility of the communities that we serve, and the and and to be there for people who um are feeling the effects of this pandemic to a degree that um. I am not, and that I am lucky that I am able to then have the capacity to help out with. So I think for me, um, there there was a lot of self-reflection and a lot of internal growth. I was able to to, to wrangle some things that I think um, I, I haven't been able to over the past decade because I've been putting so much of my emotional energy into um, Tuesday Night Cafe, into um, organizing, into showing up for work, into being generative and productive um, in that way for sure um and so I, I am leaving 2020 feeling a lot of renewal but i i'm also i think i'm leaving with a lot more questions than i came into it mm. um and a lot more under a lot more of an understanding of where while I, I i've always done work that is meant to be accessible and meant to be about serving the people um recognizing that there is much more to give mm-hmm. um and that if i'm feeling that as somebody who like didn't grow up particularly like privileged who who has kind of um had to figure out how to make um make make, make do with what i have mm-hmm. um how many other resources there are in this city and how many people i know who have resources that they could be helping out with so i i, I think that i am i am leaving this this year a little bit more reflective on the the ways that we can be chipping in and the ways that it's inexcusable that so many people have been so deeply affected by this pandemic in the way they have it's inexcusable that we have so many people on the street right now it's inexcusable that we are in this country and the housing crisis is to the degree that it is yeah um so i i think that i'm i'm leaving with a lot more of those sorts of questions and um along with some some reflections on self but um largely on the larger larger picture sean you have a way of like just helping zoom out from well i think it's just balance because 
we are self and we are also part of a whole, right? And I think right. in certain ways, I mean, even the pandemic, it was kind of revealing of communities that carry that mentality a little bit more than others, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that it's not all about you. And then in the ways that it is about you and like how that dynamic plays and how that exists and how that shows up in our behaviors and our choices, um, things that got politicized like a freaking mask, right? Which is like right. for within... Asian Americans who are feel connected to that narrative, like looking back at people in Asia, like they've been wearing masks since forever. And that's a very normal part of their day to day. They have a lot of air quality issues and whatnot. And they also have a general sense of like, I don't want to get sick and I don't want other people to get sick. So it's not as big of an ask over there to do that. Whereas here it's become like this, this thing, this yeah. massive thing that caused so much turmoil and to this day still is because as we are, yeah, we're closing out 2020, but that doesn't mean like a lot of things are over either, right? A lot of things right. are still just raging on as badly. And so in that reflection of self and of the whole, the collective, if you will, like how our, how we show up affects the bigger picture. And also, ironically for me, like I just really admire that you're so able to, to like accept, understand all these privileges that you have, that you've earned and that you haven't earned. And that... um I think we can all benefit from doing the same. It's funny because you've walked away feeling a lot more reflective on like, how can I serve my community where I'm kind of in an opposite boat of like, how do I need to fix me? Because like, for me, I've been very Mm -hmm. fixated on these, the externalization of a lot of things, like how, how to create this event and all this stuff. And like, I've, Mm -hmm. I've been very fulfilled out of that, but I'm also realizing a lot, a lot got revealed to me in this reflection and in this wanting to, and this helplessness. I think that's what I felt a lot this year, that as impactful as I have been and that people are so generous to give me credit for helping impact a community. I'm also very, very hyper aware of like, I'm just one person (laughs) Mm -hmm. and if I am not correct in and of myself, it is very short-lived and unsustainable. And like all these, all these like cliches and things that I've known intellectually, but like now living it, you know what I mean? Like the energy was so tapped out, right? I think that's very revealing when you're physically incapable of remembering what you did yesterday, which is where I'm at now. Yeah. (laughs) And like the, the littlest of things wore me the hell out, Sean. Like I couldn't, take a zoom like i and in a regular world and that's something i had to grapple with like really being very cognizant of like what can i actually do cuz every time i tried to be in the regular minji mode of like i could do da, 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 da. oh i usually do seven things we'll pre- we'll prepare it down to five when it's actually three you know yeah. like no you can't lay down <laughs> go well, lay I, down. I, right and I, I think that what you're what you're speaking to is sort of what part of the reason why I'm glad that I took the year off because it's um when when you're you are ultimate because because both of us are and have been ultimately accountable for our spaces right mm-hmm. where we're dealing with artists we're dealing with community people we're navigating conversations that are hard where we are um the keeper of institutional knowledge um we we're thinking about the past the present and the future at all times mm-hmm. um and at a certain point, you kind of become less of a person and more of a hard drive. <laughs> so true. And um, hard drive. Oh my god. 
I, I think like it's, it is this thing where when your whole purpose in life is to make sure that um, you can, you can provide the file, you know, <laughs> that you can like provide the thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But you can also, and then you can archive the thing. Yeah. And then it, 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 you, it, you end up depersonalizing yourself and you end up, you know, trying to, you end up having to like, uh, let go of your humanity in order to get through your day job or in order to get through your, like your, your project. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I, I think for me over the past year, it has been a lot of like, okay, if I'm not a hard drive, then what am I? Yeah. And, uh, in doing that work, um, you know, I, I was, I was like helping fundraise to like buy meals for things. I was, I was passing out food pretty much every weekend over the summer. Like there are, there are things that I was able to do that were less like I'm the hard drive and more. I'm like one of the workers and I'm one of the, the, the volunteers Yeah, and I'm happy to just be told what to do. Yeah. And I think that that helped me reframe like, oh wait, why am I doing this work? Why why is this important to me? What is the humanity behind this and what is the intention that I have going into this work? Mm-hmm. Um and I think that through that, that's how I came back to, all right, I I'm recognizing that the work that I do is for these reasons. I am interested in it for these reasons and I have these things to give. Um, I love it. And I I think like for for you who lived through a pandemic is living through a pandemic and and was still doing the work that's like three layers of i need to just go on autopilot Mm -hmm. and i need to not let myself be emotional i need to take those emotions and i need to hide them somewhere um because different kind of survival. I, it's a different kind of survival. And um I think that that's a super valid way to do it. Um, but that makes sense then that you're not necessarily leaving 2020 being like, okay, I, I want to go do more work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I think that it's important for you to go on that journey of of who am I? And especially since you are moving off of collaboration, like officially, officially. Yeah, UED um, Jane Kim. Woo! After after years of unofficially leaving collaboration, <laughs> um, uh, I, I I I think that that's going to be it's important for you to be going into twenty twenty one thinking about like you know how how do you figure out like what you actually care about. It's it's I I love that I thank you for validating and it's I definitely don't feel renewed. So I love that you do. I'm really happy to hear that. Right now, I feel worn the hell out, really. And that's okay. I'm learning for, for that to be okay. Do you know what I'm saying? I think there's like a like a, a resistance against shitty feelings, right? That understandably can yeah. exacerbate the <laughs> shitty feeling. Like there's yeah. a, this is not right that I'm upset. And this is what I've been like thinking on meta terms and processing things with some really great friendships that developed through this year, you know, through different phases of life, I think we attract different people and like welcome different kinds of relationships and conversations. And I'm, that's another thing I'm grateful for at then, even though I don't feel renewed, I'm extremely grateful for the people I was able to connect with this year and the ability to connect with myself through those relationships, because we talked about some horrible shit, right? About inner child work and trauma 
And I have been doing therapy every week since February. And it's been incredibly helpful. I was, again, so fortunate to be able to work this year so that I could still like pay my bills and pay for therapy. And I made it a priority and I adjusted my life to be able to do that. Um, and that was even its own challenge, but a worthwhile one, right? Like I got to see like the value of a different kind of grind and it was very, very personal and less about community, but seeing the relationship between like if I don't work these things out, like truly do the hours and put in the work, all these other things that I want to do, including community work, but just like personal stuff, stuff that I want to like create, like if I want to go be a filmmaker and if I want to go do these things, make a million dollars or whatever it was. And like, do I want to make a million dollars? Like all these questions, they're all kind of useless or like, they're just going to keep getting delayed in terms of being answerable. And then unless I answer to myself, like I cannot escape myself literally right this year. And, um, it was, it was a horrible thing, <laughs> but it was, again, at the end of the day, it was worthwhile. So that's something to like, I do feel steady or like more steady and grounded as a person, which is something to be very grateful for. At the same time, in certain areas, I feel still very anxious and frantic and frazzled, but I'll just have to figure that out. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> Uh, go, going into the year, I mean, do you feel like you can step into January and entirely take a step back from the work or or are you still kind of in that twilight? I think this like literally right now talking to you, I am so inspired and moved to be like, I'm not talking. I don't want to talk to anyone I don't have to talk to in January. I'm wondering if I could even... Yeah. Take a month off. I've literally never, ever, 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 ever done that. I've never taken two weeks off, Sean. Like, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, one thing that I always have to remind myself is that if I'm really committed to creating a more just and more and healthier community, then I have to remember that I'm part of that community. Mm-hmm. And I'm part of that, and I, I sacrifice. Like I, I think there's so much romanticism of sacrificing yourself for your work. Yeah. Um, oh. Like it's it's very, it, it's a very American, very uh, well, maybe not just American, but very very capitalist thing to believe that like your 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 worth um to a to a world is based around your output, mm-hmm. and that your productivity, quote unquote, is really like a measure of your humanity and whether or not you deserve to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's so important for us to realize that that's bullshit, and take a minute, take a minute, take a month, take a few weeks to recharge, and you know to to become something, and to like take take time to just like live. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not you take a break so that you can do more work. It's you take a break so that you can get be, more in touch with who you are, be a human, um, yeah, like. I I got into like a bit of an argument with a with a friend's mom a few about a year ago um, because uh, we were talking about capitalism and okay. <laughs> um, one thing she said that I thought was actually really interesting is that the idea behind capitalism I don't know if I agree with this necessarily but the idea behind it is that we get to a state where everything is automated to a degree that we can all relax interesting. and we can all like. Like the the when we're talking about like automating industries, when we're talking about like creating a world that is more or a, a country that is richer 
it's more of it's a, it's about then having the resources so that people don't have to work as hard mm. um which we know historically is not true which mm-hmm. you know historically is not what works what happens um but like i do think a lot about how you know there's this i don't know if this is even true or not but there's this there's this sort of um this 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 kind of saying that like they invented um the vacuum the, the idea behind um the vacuum cleaner and in, in innovation in houseware and house like house cleaning devices and and cooking devices was so that um housewives would have more time to themselves uh-huh but in reality it just meant that they could do more work than they did before right exactly so what if we actually try to embody the ideal like mm. what if we actually tried to do less work but we're more efficient yeah that that's only going to make us happier that's only going to make us healthier that's only going to allow for us to have energy to show up for those who are not able to like have that luxury um so i i, I think it's important like i i think that we need to move away and one thing that I'm I'm taking out of 2020s we need to move away from the idea that um tradition and uh that that the future will be built on tradition and uh un- unnecessary productivity. Yeah. Um and it's more going to be about us I think like being more in touch with each other, showing up for our communities in the way that we should and creating structures where everybody feels free and safe and loved and uh nourished. I think that's a really beautiful thing to put out in the universe, for sure. And I think that's a definite, uh, again, whether it was a voluntary or involuntary exercise this year is like a really moment-to-moment practice of evaluating priorities and values, right? Because in in this state of pandemic, we had to really figure out, is it worth going outside? What yeah. do I spend my dollars on? Am I going to get takeout so I can support a local business? Or do I save this so I can pay rent, right? Or am I going to see my family members at the holidays? What does that even mean to me? And again, absence, I think everyone knows that from like painful experiences anytime before this, even in life, pain always teaches you like what brings you joy. And you don't know right. that like until it's you're kind of deprived of it. And I think we were deprived of a lot. Granted, like, Everyone's like, well, you shut up and stop complaining. Like you're in a pandemic, you still have internet and Netflix. Well, it just highlighted the importance of human connection, right? That you can't right. hug your friend or your mother or like you're going to celebrate your birthday, your wedding, your whatever alone. And suddenly, yeah, okay, cool. We have gadgets and we have internet. Yay. Those are things to genuinely be grateful for because it connects us in ways we couldn't. But it's also like emphasizing the value of the thing that might have been the annoyance like oh my god i have to see so and so like you're like i just want to see so and so right 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 <laughs> yeah it was a, it was a it was an interesting exercise i think for for those of us who had the 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 privilege of of choosing to stay at home like i i think that it was definitely an exercise in um what do you value and why mm-hmm. and um I also think it was a really uh, a really clear um, indicator of just how much uh, like instant culture mm-hmm. uh, is such a part of who we are. Yeah, like the the need to have something now, the need to be able to do something now, 
the need to get that delivery, the need to see the person today as opposed to next year, like that, that's all, um, it, it's very, it was very interesting to see how people responded to that challenge and how many people chose to go against recommendations and how many people chose to, um, double down on them and how many, how, how people started shaming other people, but then how other people were more generous to other people. Like, I think it was a really interesting, it was like the worst social experiment that I never, <laughs> I never want to watch the documentary of. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I had a really fun time talking with uh, my friends from San Francisco that, that host the Dateable podcast. And like, they've mm. been, you know, sharing stories and analyzing dating trends and the culture and the way that people perceive things based on geographic location or generation. And it's all really, really fascinating too. I could like listen and talk about that forever. But I even noticed even early on in the pandemic, because I was myself on dating apps and whatnot, of just like learning how to uh, kind of weed out the people I would never even want to have a conversation with based on like, there were people that were still meeting up, right? They're yeah. like, okay, we go. I was like, are you out of your mind? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you are such an irresponsible creep. Like, it's not even being a creeper, like, hey, I want to have sex. It's like, you know, I want to hang out in person. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Get out of my life. And it's just like, there are so many different ways. And like, we're laughing about how, you know, have you been tested is like a whole different conversation now. Right, right, right. 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 And and we're curious about how this was going to impact hookup culture, like because there are still people that were meeting up. I asked people that I matched with, like, have you met up with anybody? And there are still people meeting up. And I was just like, dear God, we're all going to die, you know? <laughs> like, okay, so yeah, yeah. Just... I, I I think it's a lot. I think that there are a lot more people. Well, first off, I I also well, first of all, I also <laughs> I mean, I I also think like, and and this is maybe this is maybe like a too 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 much of an introspection but like one one thing i have been thinking about though is just who has access to the information that we do right and who is yes. surrounded by people who are reading up on scientific findings and like i'm I, I feel very privileged that i can open up pretty much any app and i'll be able to see like five different perspectives on the latest news about the vaccine mm -hmm. like that's that's actually very strange um, when I think about it, that I'm surrounded by so many people who have that curiosity and who are broadcasting that curiosity and sharing what they know. So true. Um, so I, I do I do think like kind of kind of also like what we were talking about with Asian America and people who 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 don't know what they don't know. Knowledge is such a privilege. Not like having access to knowledge is something that I think so many of us take for granted. And true. I don't I don't know how many people outside of like my my line of sight um have access to information about how the the virus spreads on how deadly it is on the impact that it has and how to prevent it um so it's it is like an interesting i think i think this year has been a very very clear reminder of just how many silos we all live in and how many bubbles we all live in and so how um, our perception of each other and our understanding of each other is so deeply impacted by those bubbles. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. And I feel very, I'm like, I should stop. I, I want to go. I didn't yell at anybody, but I kind of be like, I bet. <laughs> well, where did you get your information from? <laughs> but I was just like, Ew, well, don't it, ever talk I, to me ever again. <laughs> but, but it's, it's, I, I think that we are in a time that humans have never had to 
like I okay, I'm I'm someone who grew up on the internet. I am mm-hmm. a digital like I I am very very much somebody who is from the internet. Like mm-hmm. if you were if the internet were a country, that's where I'd be from. Um, <laughs> but I am more and more clear that we haven't evolved socially to mm. the point where the technology is helpful. Like I, I think that it's it's useful as a tool in many ways, and I think that the spread of information can be really, really great. But without getting into a whole other podcast episode about you know how hard how how bad social media is, mm-hmm. I, I do think that this is all this year has also been a reminder just of how important digital literacy is. Yes, um, and how so many of us need to remind ourselves that this technology is not something our brains are meant to really handle and we need to take a step back Um, that we're vulnerable right like yeah 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 yeah. Um, so it's it's been it's been interesting for myself kind of going through all the stages of Hmm. um of uh you know, getting mad about something on the internet and then taking a step back and going, wait, hold up. Like, let me, let me do my reading and then sitting with it and then going, actually, I'm not that mad about this. Like, <laughs> this is, this is just, I, I, my impulse was to be mad because of all these other reasons. Um, and so I, I do, I do hope that this moment, um, especially because like, you know, so many people have been holding the platforms accountable this year mm-hmm. in a different, in a way that maybe, with an intensity that maybe wasn't there before, I, I think that there is going to be kind of something has to give for us um, because it, it's deeply affecting the way that we interact with each other. And as we go back into the world, um, I do wonder what the what the conversations are going to look like. Because yeah, I mean, when I see people on Instagram story like gathering for boba, mm-hmm. and there's like eight of them in the frame, uh-huh. and I'm like, how did you all take this photo without masks on? Yeah, when there's like eight of you in one photo, and I know you don't all live with each other, and then I get like angry, and then I have to remember: a, maybe you don't have access to the same resources that I do; b, I don't know your life. (laughs) (laughs) True, you know. Um, and so yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think it's something that we're all we're all trying to navigate. I think that's very mature, Sean, and I love that you're here to remind me and everybody because <laughs> we need that. We need that because there's so much, there's only so much that our brains can handle. And I, I listened to a really good, I listened to a lot of Brene Brown recently because she's been, she's been it's my girl. Good, good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. And she was talking to a neuroscientist who was talking literally just about our brains. And I love, I appreciate science because it kind of gives the objectivity of like, it's not that I suck as a person. I like just am not disciplined or whatever. It's literally just an explanation of our brains can only handle so much information. You know what I mean? To understand that about ourselves and our brains are not used to, we, we, we operate in a way to be able to have certain expectations of how things exist so that we can survive them. And this year has been a huge assault on all of that, right? Nothing has remained consistent or steady or stable in so many different ways on a day-to-day basis, sometimes hourly basis in our, in our countries, you know, and it's been chaos. So there's, there's, I say that as like, there's there's a understanding that we is not been normal. None of this has been normal. We should be grateful and like give ourselves credit that we survived thus far and then also brace ourselves for the future because it will be probably more of this before it's not. Um, 
But just to know that there's like, our brains are not meant to deal with this amount of insanity, you know? And so in that, I think the accountability thing, accountability can sound kind of harsh, but I think accountability is a really good word that we're we're going to kind of look at differently instead of, because I think people fear accountability. I certainly have. Like, I did not like being held accountable because right, that right, means right. I did something wrong and I don't like being wrong. Yeah, no, that's not, it's not fun. It's like, not let's fun. Not, let's not pretend that accountability is fun. Yeah, yeah. it's not fun. <laughs> it's important, but not fun. Right. Yeah. And so I think there's going to be all this, like, the consequences of personal and, like, bigger accountability like on a leadership level too like all of these things are starting to become more normalized and because the consequences are more dire i think at the end of the day could be a it can be a really good thing i think there are a lot of people who are mature who are wise who have the best of intentions who are going to take that accountability and make it something that's beneficial to us as people and not be like just the shittiness that is accountability (laughs) you know what i mean like right right Yep. We'll be able to be like, hey, I need to step back. I lashed out at that person. I need to be nicer to myself. I need to stop like judging everybody so quickly. I need to stop judging myself so quickly. I need to research a little bit more, whatever that is, right? Yeah. Um, I need to vote. I need to like pay attention. I need to, you know, contact my congressperson. <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> There's right, so right, many right. different ways of this living. And uh, we've been kind of just going, being served it in spades. So, I just I want to give everybody credit for like whatever way people were accountable. Like, good, good job. It's important. Um, it probably was yeah, very I, unpleasant. I, <laughs> I keep I keep forgetting that this is like a thing that people are actually going to listen to. So I um yes, and I to to echo that. Um, <laughs> I also I don't know. I think I think like one thing that we all need to remember is that we are we are all on our own journeys and mm-hmm. that, I, I, that's like such a cliche we're all we're all in our own like <laughs> we're all, we're all in our own stage <laughs> stage of learning we are all learning things but also everyone else is all, is learning things yeah um, there's like this this line from a, a blue scholar song that i like a lot that i keep forgetting the actual quote of but it's basically <laughs> like um humility like like it, it it chalks up to and this is not the quote at all but it's essentially <laughs> the notion that like being humble is knowing how hard it was to get where you are mm. It's not um, about like downplaying your accomplishments. It's about recognizing how much work you did to be the person that you are today and to recognize that in other people as well. Yeah. Um, And I I try to remind myself that a lot. I I think especially if we're talking about, you know, this past year and, and looking at how many times I felt like, you know, things were not being done the right way. And then I have to remind myself that, A, who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, who am I? Mm-hmm. Be like if if it's an area that I like I'm I'm not A, like yeah, I'm not the expert. B like it took me a long time to be the the person I am today and I don't feel like I'm fully baked at all. And um and it's gonna it takes everybody like that much work to become just like a functioning human being. So we have to really allow each other, I think, that generosity. Um, going into 2021, and I'm I'm trying to be better at that because that's not my first my first instinct. Love it, same, same, same. And also, I love your analogy. We're not fully baked. We're a little squishy on the inside still. Oh yeah, we're we're never gonna be fully. If you're ever, if you're fully thick. baked, then that's you're you're dead. You're dead. Really. Even then, <laughs> yeah. The toothpick will not come out clean. Is what we're yeah. saying. It's fine. Gross. Yeah. Gross. yeah. <laughs> 
but you've been on a baking spree. Um, I love, I love all of this that you shared, Sean. I just appreciate you being like open with your thoughts. Like I, all of this has helped me immensely in like from, from stuff on like organizational stuff, which we care deeply about and down to like my personal relationships with like, I just feel like I need to go apologize to some people now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. No, I think apo- I think everybody normalize apologizing. Oh, we mm. should all we all need to normalize apologizing. Say sorry to people. It's fine. It is. It really it's is. Okay. It's very cathartic. I mean, it's very humbling. But yeah. It's, yeah. All, it's all just I'm, I'm all about apologizing to people. I apologize <laughs> to people and they're like, "What did you do wrong?" And I'm like, "Never mind that." I don't, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you're Japanese American, so it's like it's just, we're and Korean, we're always apologizing. It. Everything's like I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I I'm, breathe. I'm, I'm, I know it's bad, um, but yeah. yeah. Um, curious. I feel I feel like this was supposed to be more fun. Wait, what? What? Sorry, curious. What? Oh no, no, it it was. This is fun, honestly. Well, this is fun can come in so many forms, and I I personally get a lot of fun out of not feeling terrible. A in this in this year, and B just being able to kind of like sit in a moment of thought and peace without feeling dread and without feeling anxiety. That's fun Good. for me. So you, I'm glad that your fun is like living a life untethered. Yeah. I, um, I was, I was, I was like, am I bringing this down? Should we be talking about like favorite, favorite Netflix show or something like that? Like, you can. I, I mean, that was going to ask you that. Okay. We don't have to get that. I mean, right. I mean, if you want, no, I, don't. I don't care. I, I'll talk to you all day, every day. And I think a lot of people, one thing I want to say, like, I I was learning how to receive um, love from others is a big thing. And so whatever form that takes, whether that's just, like, them sharing space and time with me, like, I don't know. I'm, like, literally in my head being like, I'll, yes, I will receive that versus being like, no, 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 no. We don't need to. You can go. Take your time back. Yep. You don't need to spend wasted on me. Like, I'm like, yep. no, if you're willing to be here with me, yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Down yeah. to that. <laughs> Um, but I did want to like talk about, cause you know, before we close out and let everybody like close out their year and their, in their introspection, what were your, your self-care things? Because I, I'm really, I'm very curious to know how, how you survived, you know, and thrived in your own bubble, in your own world. And one of them obviously was taking time away from like organizational duties, saying no to conversations, which is amazing. Um, and it could be as fun or as serious or whatever. It's not a downer. I'm just curious, like, what were your survival tools or mechanisms that you want to carry with you into the next year? Uh, survival. I feel like there are a lot of coping mechanisms. Mm. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily survival. Okay. I, I feel like um, it, it was different at different times of the year. Um, I definitely got like I, I started to be very mindful of what I was eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to be more active um, just to get my blood pumping and like my, my brain kind of, you know, moving and, and generating. Um, what is it? Dopamine? I don't know. I don't, I'm not. A, uh, <laughs> I'm endorphins. Not a, endorphins. Endorphins. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't. Science what? Communi- <laughs> c- communication major. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was a lot of. Um, you know what? I, I, I think I think a lot of it was actually letting my guard down and um, really embracing 
um, conversations and being tr- trying to be a little bit less self-aware all the time. I feel like I'm somebody who is very uh, rigid in many aspects of my life in mm. terms of um, not only like the the vanity of being being like 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 wanting to come off a certain way. Um, but also just like being kind of guarded in who I talk to and, and who I strike conversations up with and, yeah. um, what, when I let myself be publicly, um, vulnerable, mm. not, not like, you know, unloading feelings all the time, but vulnerability in the sense of, of like being publicly happy and being like, <laughs> like, um, you know, like allowing myself to, to share the music I'm listening to or whatever, like just things like that. Oh my God. Um, not always having to like curate, curate. Um, and I, I think that that was really helpful because it also allowed me to just have human interaction, even if it was through the screen. But at the same time, I also w- was, hype starting to i think get really clear on um things that were making my life worse and one of them was social media which again like this is we're talking um like i've I've been on some form of social media for two for two decades of my life yeah Um, from like age 11 onward Mm. i've 11 12 onward i've been on some sort some form of social media and uh this was the year that i i I realized how much it was really deeply affecting myself. Like I was, I, I remember once I had an interaction with somebody that ended like on a neutral note, like not a negative one. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason I read too deeply into it. It was like a DM. And for like a week I woke up and every, every time I woke up that, that interaction was on my mind. Oh, it was like the weirdest, worst thing. And I realized how much of my brain space was being held, kept up, kept by like these interactions. Yeah. Um, whether positive or negative. And so I basically went cold turkey on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook for like about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would check it here and there. I would, you know, I wasn't like completely, completely cold turkey actually. So that's not the right term, but um, I essentially cut it off, and when I came back to it, the hold it had on me was gone. Good. Oh my um, god, what's that like? <laughs> it's. It was really. I don't want to say it was like super freeing, because I think that there was still that like call to interact and and post and. Um, no, no, there, there there was a call to interact, but like I didn't feel like posting really. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't need to broadcast my life to the degree that I think that I used to. Um, if people don't respond, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think that I'm still trying to find the balance. Like it, it's definitely, especially over the holidays, I think come back in many ways, but that, that break was huge. And that break kind of changed, I think, the, the way that I, I interact with people in general. Good um, and and anything for the to, better, for for the way better, yeah, yeah. Um, like it, it was funny, like the when I got back on Instagram, it was almost silly to me, <laughs> like this idea that anybody would post like a photo of their food <laughs> was really strange to me. <laughs> like I, I'm not, and I'm not somebody who typically posts food. I did just post like a thousand 
stories of me baking something but which is like great. i'm not i'm not somebody who typically posts my food but yeah um it was really funny like kind of clicking through stories and being like why do we do this like this is such a weird ritual <laughs> um and so I, I i think that it did help in that like it allowed me to feel less emotionally um the platforms Good. and to kind of like be be in myself be in my own skin a little bit better and, and not so black mirror about the whole thing. I am thus um, inspired myself yeah. to exude. What was your, what was your, your self care, your survival? Therapy was good to invest in. I think it was a important thing for me to prioritize. I think I downplayed like, I was like, oh, I have therapists. I have my friends. I mm. journal or whatever. And I think I really did you, got did to you start therapy before the pandemic or after the, the pandemic? Uh, right before. I I started it because of the breakup. Technically, mm-hmm. I really started it when my friend committed suicide a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was like a crisis, true crisis moment. And I, I was like, I need help. Like, I'm really falling apart. And it was helpful. And so I reached a different crisis point earlier this year, right before pandemic. So it was in February. And I reached another crisis point And I was like, I need help. And... Mm-hmm. um. I'm glad I sought it out. I'm glad I got over my own ego and in the process of this recognized all my own hangups of like why I avoided this for a long time Mm. and uh, why I didn't want to associate myself with certain terms that I I hold no judgment on other people at all. I really encourage and applaud other people's ability to be vulnerable and ability to like take ownership of, you know, their minds and their mental health. I just think it's so incredible and why... I fall in a different category. And if I do it, then I'm like a complete failure of a person. Mm-hmm. All that, it all came out. And um, and so recognize, identifying it has been one thing, now processing it and, and changing behavior is a whole other ball yep. of wax. Yep. So I'm in the thick of that. But um, identifying is is a really key starting point. So I'm very grateful that I was had enough uh, ability to to pay for it and, and you know, enough... Um, it got challenging because I do voice work that's become the career. And it was really interesting, again, like a litmus test of like what activities and what things I was doing that that would screw up my voice. Like mm. being physically exhausted would mess up my instrument, if you will. And yep. then that freaked me the hell out that I couldn't work. And um, yeah, just it's like a whole, you know, everything, everything's interconnected, right? So your your mental and self-care it really does manifest in all these other ways just not like only relationships and your your ability to have fun and all these other things but yeah your ability to survive and provide for yourself and pay bills so all that i'm really glad i did the therapy thing for me the personal thing that i got i was i was still really active i've really leaned on fitness over the last many years because i have i still have a, a lot of body issues that i'm working through Mm. Um, and a lot of self-image issues that are, I think I, I'm learning to be more honest about how severe they are, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I lean away from like, I don't want to over-dramatize it and be like, oh my God, I just feel so like, cause then I've in my mind to myself about myself, I feel like, shut up, like stop mm. crying. Um, but there are parts of me inside yeah. that hurt and that really don't feel good when I look at myself and 
it feels very then I get in judgy mode of like that's so vain like stop who gives a shit like stop it you know I have a very uh, complicated relationship with self in my head so just coming clean I, I mean, about that yeah I mean that that honesty about the things that irk us like I think that that's really important because we've also been so conditioned especially over the last few years to be fully accepting mm-hmm. of everything that we are Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes we end up saying that we're fully accepting of who we are but without actually doing the work of accepting ourselves. Yeah. And that doesn't do anything. <laughs> so I, I think that it's, it's uh, you know, it makes for great content, but it doesn't actually make for a great person. So I, um, I think it's, I think it's, it's good that I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're being honest with yourself on things like that. And then from there using that honesty as a foundation to, to do to do what feels good Hope. and makes you feel good. Yeah, like genuinely, right? Like for yeah. because that's also the distinction I think what we're like what you're saying about immediate gratification like oh boy, like you know, it's Yeah. you you we've removed a lot of the potential distractions that we that we turn to very subconsciously or you know, in default like going out partying which I'm not like a big party, but I'm a very big social butterfly. I socialized right. a lot and I, I would lean on all our, our events, which were great events. And they're not like, you know, these are for our community and they're they're meaningful, but there there was an avoidance of quiet time and sitting in, in the shitty feelings that I, I think right. I subconsciously was definitely participating a lot, definitely when the relationship department, like being really honest of like, what do I want from all these things? What am I willing to give? Why do I have certain irritations or um, impatience? And what do I really think of myself in terms of self-worth? Like all of that, it just, you know, came tumbling out. And, and it's come out before in previous years and previous relationships, but it's really intense this year. So I just like, I survived, I think, a lot off of staying active. I was really busy this year. Now that I think I'm at that, that lull, I do think that some time off would be really important and good. Um, but fitness was a huge thing for me. Like I walked twice a day, every day, almost every single day. And, and you were doing uh Melly, Melly Lee's bootcamp, right? Yep. Melly Lee, like morning, morning. That was a beautiful side of social media. Like I, I love Melly and we were always friends, but like, you know, like she, she moved to the Bay. And so it was just like an Instagram thing of me, like applauding her jump roping. Cause that's something I really, really love. And if anybody's curious about something you can do to like stay fit and endorphins and all that stuff, that's a, if an efficient workout, go jump rope. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, that me like complimenting her jump roping turned into like being invited into this like tiny little space that became like a daily workout boot camp, And it was yeah. a consistency and a, I didn't get to go every day because I still had meetings Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, but um, it, it became a source of consistency and socialization, even though it was through Zoom. And I just kept walking. I just mm. walked and walked and walked. And I think I've walked like hundreds of miles this mm. this year. And I think walking has revealed like now I crave it. Like if I don't walk each day, I feel like something's kind of wrong. Um, but it it would help me process things. I would think differently when I move. I would feel different. And I would not want to get out of bed a lot of days, but it became a thing. And I'm grateful that it did. No, I think that's really, that's really, I think that's really awesome that you're able to find something that, that gave you that purpose, you know, that 
got you out of bed literally yeah but also just like was something that you you made into a routine i think for many of us like we tried to find a routine and then it just didn't happen yeah so it's 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 good i'm glad to hear i wonder if can you can you look at how many steps you walked i had my fitbit for a lot of it but not consistent yeah i think my phone was with me vast majority of the time and it was the time where i actually spent time listening to music and stuff and trying to do things that were like good for my my soul but um yeah i I should probably do like an annual (laughs) data check i'm like like, looking at it right now i'm trying to figure out how many steps i did this year versus last year yeah steps are a thing but music was a thing for sure making more playlists and uh I listened to, apparently my most listened to song this year was Savage, the Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce mix. That's a good song. Funnily, good I didn't one. even know about it from TikTok. I just heard it somewhere and I was like, <laughs> I like this song. It's a good one. It's a, it's a solid, a solid Texas pop. I actually haven't done my, um, my year in review. Got it. I, I like, don't either. know if I want to see that. Yeah. It, it, it's probably some trash. Um, <laughs> it could be gold in the trash, Sean. You don't know. I don't I don't I'm pretty sure it's trash. Let me let me see actually if I can do that right now. My twenty twenty wrapped. Top it? songs yeah. twenty twenty. Here we go. Um Are you doing your Spotify? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> this doesn't seem right. This is so is fun for right? me, by the way. Oh god, this is right. How do okay, I wait? Hold on. Spotify. I'm just going to Google Spotify wrapped. I'm so sorry to anybody listening to this. Marvin, maybe you should just cut this part out. But um, no, it's great. Okay. So I, I'm on 2020.byspotify.com. I, I like wasn't going to do this, but um, here are a few highs from you to remember. Or do I can't even get a wellness out? report unless I have Fitbit premium. Lame. Just check on your phone. I think you do on your phone. Okay assessments and reports that's all premium man okay health hope everyone's having a great time listening to us assess our health show all health data oh i'm i'm doing my spotify one okay wait let's okay i'll I'll switch over to health and then i will all right so we're in i i guess we should voice over this so we are in our apps i have gone to the health app i am clicking through the steps I clicked the Y button, which brings me to my average for the year. 5,389 steps average for the year. What do you mean average for the year? Like a day? 5,000? A day. A daily average, yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Which is down from 9,623 in 2019. (laughs) Almost half. Activity. Okay, I I don't even know. That's a lie. 6,326 steps. I mean, if you're walking every day, that makes sense. No. Nah, well, my daily goal was 11,000, and I hit my goal a lot. Oh. So well, maybe I didn't have my phone with me. Anyway, well, it's higher than 2019, which was yeah. 4,500 steps a day, and 2020 was 6,300 steps a day average. How did you average more this year than you did last year? Because I walked every day. <laughs> oh, I mean, that'll do <laughs> Twice it. a day. I think at least in spring and summer, I was walking twice a day. Like I'd walk in the morning first thing and I was doing the whole intermittent fasting thing. I was fit. I was the most fit I have ever been this summer. And then, and then election season rolled around and it just declined and I went into full on depression. I was like, I I hate everything and everyone. I can't move. I give up. So it was a year. It was a year. It was a year. All right. I'm going to do my Spotify wrapped. Hold on. Okay. So I'm in the app. 
I'm pressing 2020 wrapped. I'm pressing see how you listened in 2020. I am maybe not going to say everything into the <laughs> microphone because I feel like this is going to be really bad. It was no. all, it was all, I will say my music was like pretty much just like coping music. Good. Um, 512 what? I discovered 512 new artists this year. I I was shocked about that. I was like, That's no, I listened to 512 artists that I already liked. So maybe it's new because it had never been registered on Spotify. Yeah. That's what I realized. But, I was like, incorrect, incorrect statement. These are all artists that I, I was like, um, I made a playlist with Drake and Genuine. These are not new artists. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. My my top listen to song listen to song is this Japanese song, which I guess makes sense. Nice. Uh, my my I binged apparently I binge listened to Dolly Parton's America. Oh, is it which good? Is a podcast series. It's great. It's really great. I love. Dolly I'm a Parton. taste maker. It says I'm a taste maker. Nice. I don't know what that means. Okay. Well. Put that I on your know. LinkedIn. This I'm a this feels. This feels not super helpful because I think that it's missing a lot of artists on it for whatever reason. Oh, here we are. Top artists. Oh, weird. Who? This doesn't seem... Uh, number one is Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> yes, number two, <laughs> number Number two is this Japanese group called Perfume, which is just because I would listen to them when I worked. Nice. And then number three is Vashti Bunyan, who is this... Um, like Irish folk singer from the sixties. Excellent. Um Hollis is on here. That's cool. Nice. And then uh Mitski. Nice. This, this doesn't sound right. I think that I don't know. I don't know. This feels this feels incorrect, but Yeah, there's many things it. I feel incorrect about my data reflection thingies, it. but I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not gonna waste neurons on this. But that's still All cool right. to know. It's like a little anthology of this year. Yeah. I mean, oh fun fun i listen um, to a lot of lauv too <laughs> to what lauv the guy who's uh who sings i like me better when i'm with you that guy oh, yes. Yes, yes um yes. his other songs are really good and also the song that i was obsessively listening to top of this year is called modern loneliness still hits man it's that sounds good it's it's a good I th- I think it's a very good song. It's very sad. It can get you all up in your feels, but I'm I'm a proponent of that. So that's what I was listening to in my, you know, breakup mode, but also just I th- I listen to it a lot throughout this year too because it's a reflection of it's the one line I love is like we love to get high but we don't know how to come down. And All right. Yeah. I yeah, lo- I mean mo- modern loneliness to me sounds like a good anthem for 2020. Yeah. I think it. I think it was. I listened to it a couple days ago, and I, I cried while I was walking. I just started crying. Yeah, but, I think crying, unexpected crying, was kind of a thing this year for sure. Did you cry? Oh yeah, yeah. At like random shit. <laughs> at at stuff that I like. I don't even know what it. You know, like it was. It was just yes, like random random things here and there. We have feelings, man. That's what I've been saying throughout this whole podcast. We have lots of feelings and it's okay. And it's overwhelming and it's exhausting, but it's okay. It's part of just being a person. So I think all in all, we navigated a lot. I think even in this conversation, which I freaking love and I will treasure for all of my days, Sean, (laughs) I'm glad that I spend time closing out this year by talking with you. I think 
you know, there's a lot of this meta existential stuff that we really had to face in very uncomfortable ways. But I think, again, is is worth looking at in all of its ugliness and complexity. Yep. And also self, like going from one end of the spectrum to the other is like, we're all people. Time is precious. Time and life is fragile. Like I like what you're saying about fragility. I think that's a very key word of this year is like understanding like this is nothing's guaranteed. And there's the, the different ways that it can all kind of just fall apart in a way. Yeah. Uh, um. So in light of that, a lot of care is needed <laughs> and yeah. that care can be given from self, from others and from baked goods, whatever. Yeah. And Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce and Baked Goods. I we all we thank the, all of them. Sean, what are your what's your departing here. words for twenty? What do you want to tell twenty twenty? Oh, what do I want to tell twenty twenty the year? Yeah. Um. I don't even know. I think I think I'm I'm I I I, I want to say good riddance, but I also I I feel like this past year. It it's it the 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 like I I think I've tried I've tried to be like flippant about it mm-hmm. to 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 make myself feel better about it, mm-hmm. but I'm very I'm I'm reflecting a lot on what it means for us to lose so many people in one year, yeah, and for so many people who are still with us to be dealing with the aftermath, yeah, um, or to still be in it. Yeah. Right now, um, and 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 knowing that, you know, we're not at the end of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and that even a vaccine is not a promise, mm-hmm. um, like that that's not a promise of the end. So, I, I think that I'm leaving 2020 just like with a deep sigh and kind of like a turn turn my heel and walk away. <laughs> I like that. Ooh, I like that a lot. Deep sigh, what? turn on heel, walk away. Where are you? You get yours can be more fun. I'm I'm, I'm like no I'm <laughs> I, the, Sean, what, what what what's happened is that the um I forgot to turn the lights on in my apartment before we started recording. Oh same. And so I'm literally I'm literally sitting in the dark just like <laughs> same here. Getting more and more my in laptop. my feelings as yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, this is this is an honest thing. I just want I don't care if it's like fun. Yeah. But I care if it's truthful. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um. 2020, you kicked my ass. I'm glad you're going. Uh, but I appreciate it. What I learned. Deuces. Like, I just want to be like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I survived you. Yeah. And I'll keep. I guess, like, I also kind of want to say, like, I'll do better. Mm. I'll do better. Mm-hmm. I'll be mm-hmm. better. That's good. I think it can kind of sound depressing. It kind of is, but it's also like, no, nah, I I think I got a good good hard look at self, uh, peeps around me, time management, all of it, and yeah, I'll do better. Yeah. And on that, I want to recommend people if 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 you care to watch Soul. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Good message. Yeah, that was a nice reminder. Um, Sean, I freaking love you so much is there if do you care to share where people can follow you or do you not even i mean that's usually the way i close it out but if you, it's not even like part of <laughs> uh, 
now, now that I'm anti-social media. No, I um, you can you can follow me on Instagram at Sean Mura S E A N M I U R A. On Twitter, I am currently private, but um, I don't. I, I may unprivate myself someday. So if you want to follow me there as well, that's mostly. Um, I don't know. I don't tweet about anything interesting. <laughs> yeah, a, I don't even like, touch Twitter. It's like I what. Don't, I don't put anything on there that anybody really needs to read. But um, if you want to follow me there, you can. Awesome. Sean, thank you for sharing time space with me. Always love it. Thank you, Minji. Love you a lot. Really appreciate you having me on. And also just like the the fact that you've, you're, you've continued to do the show this year is a, is a feat in itself. And I hope that you're feeling really good about that thank you thank you thank you thank you i appreciate it everybody go follow sean um yeah we'll we'll talk in 2021 which is like 2021 right around the corner Thanks so much for tuning in for this episode, this final episode of, first of all, 2020, the 2020 debrief with Shamira. Um, it is, it has been a year, like, as I said, many, many a time. I won't say it anymore. But thank you to Sean for being such an amazing guest. Go check out his uh, Instagram page. He has some great stories, takes you on some baking adventures and reflecting on a lot of other things that are also deep and meaningful besides food. Um social justice the arts the creatives just being a human that's trying to make this make the best out of this world and make sense of it so yeah go check out sean his work uh follow tuesday night project they're an amazing organization and grassroots movement and uh yeah take care of yourselves you guys um if you're listening to this on new year's eve yo if you're all up in your fields i'm 100 with you i'm gonna be doing a lot of reflecting praying meditating by myself um, to close out this year properly and to give space for new things, uh, clear vision, better, I don't know how to define better, but just you know, clear intentions of this next version, this next chapter. Let's all do it. Take care of ourselves and honor, honor life. I say if there's anything we learn, life is precious. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with me this year. For anybody who tuned in part of the way, I appreciate you. Thank you. Welcome to the family. And I'm going to take some time. January is going to be an interesting time to reflect and plan ahead and put out some really great content um, that will hopefully continue to enrich your life give you some entertainment, make you think, make you ask questions. And yeah, if you would like to hit me up, send me a message, first of all, pod at gmail.com, or you can follow me, first of all, pod or Minjizi on Instagram. And thank you to Marv Nui, my audio engineer producer. I love you so much, Marv. Happy New Year. Thank you for sticking through a very intense year and helping me through creating this platform. Thank you to Juliana Deer, who's on the First of All team, helping me make sure that I can reach all of you. Thank you to my Patreon patrons. Uh, we are having our last uh, Google Hangout shortly, so I'm really excited to kick it with all of you guys. You have been a huge part of me surviving this year. I appreciate you so much. 
And if you'd like to become a financial backer, uh, first of all, you get yourself a sticker, a personal shout out, and uh, access to the Google Hangouts. We've been building our community. And we appreciate everybody who contributes. You guys help me keep the microphone and Wi-Fi on. So yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. If you enjoy this episode or any other episode, please feel free to share it with a friend. Please leave a five-star review, subscribe, and you can find First of All Podcast on any platform, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, and everywhere else that you find podcasts. I am so grateful to all of you guys. Um, shout out to the Potluck Podcast Collective, which I'm a proud member of. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out. Oh, also, thank you to Uzahan for his use of his song Uzu Trap for the intro and outro. Just so much love for you guys. Please um, honor this moment in time. Honor yourselves. Take care. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.